Welcome back to the Burning Leaf Podcast with myself, Russo, and Tom here with you to talk about a few things defenseman-wise for both our franchises. Uh, one moving on, the other moving to Robida Island. Uh, we'll talk about the guy who's actually moving on to another NHL franchise, and that's Nikita Zadorov of the Calgary Flames headed to the Vancouver Canucks. Um, Russo, you could dive more into this and what the trade details are, what your thoughts are, and then pass it along to us. Uh, yeah, so obviously it was last Thursday. So we can go today, actually. Uh, the Flames moved Nikita Zadorov to the Vancouver Canucks for a third-round pick in 2026 and a fifth-round pick in 2024. So initially when the trade broke, I think everybody thought, wow, that is very little for Zadorov. I think a lot of people, including myself, I think were expecting there to be a hell of a big – it was supposed to be a bigger return – I think it was the case. The Leafs were apparently snooping around, but I think they wanted both Zadorov and Tanev, and they wanted quite a bit of salary retention on uh, on Zadorov. So obviously the Flames said no. The big thing here in this trade, and I think it's one thing that people are forgetting, is Vancouver took on the entire cap hit of Nikita Zadorov. 3.75, it's completely off the books. Um, why does this matter to the Flames? Well... You can only retain on three contracts in a year, right? The big thing is if they're going to trade Hannafin, Lindholm, and Tanev, the odds are you're going to have to retain on all three of them. Um, whether they're going to be retaining on all three of them, I guess we'll see. Um, but I mean, a Elias Lindholm or a Noah Hannafin or a Chris Tanev at 2.4 is a lot more intriguing than them at their full cap hit. So I think that was a bigger reason as to why the return wasn't as much. Uh, we look at it. The Flames acquired Zadorov in the summer of 2021 for a third-round pick. I believe it was a third-round pick they got from Toronto in the David Riddick trade. Or I'm wrong, it might have been a different one. But it was a third-round pick that they sent to Chicago. And obviously Zadorov played about two and a bit years. And now they get an extra fifth. People are upset that it's in 2026. I mean, yeah, like, why did it have to be in 2026? Were the Canucks so hell-bent on wanting their third-round pick in 2024? I don't know, because you look at that 2026 pick, that kid is, like, 15 right now. You're looking at, like, what, eight years until they're maybe an NHL player? It's it's kind of crazy to think about. But in saying all that, Zadorov went for really what his value is. At the end of the day, he's a third-pairing defenseman who is good defensively, but he doesn't really do much else. Um, look, at the end of the day, Thomas, you remember how much I shitted on Zadorov when they first got him. He was he was atrocious. And he really didn't get his shit together probably until well, February of 2022. Him and Gibranson really hit their stride, and they seemed to be a very formidable third pair. Then the playoffs came along, Tanev goes down, and mm -hmm. he's forced to play more minutes, and you understand why. Okay, this is why this guy's on the third pair. The thing with Zadorov, and I think what a lot of people are mis – there's a lot of misconception about Zadorov. He's very good in the third pair role. He's very good in it. You know, you ask him to play that role in a lesser role in 15 minutes a night, he can do it, and he can do it pretty well. The problem is, and we've seen it this year, we saw it last year, we even saw it the year before that, the minute Big Z gets into a top four role where he's forced to play 18, 19 minutes a night against tougher competition, it doesn't go well. 
We saw it in the playoffs in 22 when Tanev got injured and him and Goodbranson were forced to play a lot more minutes. They got exposed. They were like McDavid showed how not good of a like second pairing defenseman this player could be. Right. We saw it earlier this year. Like they tried doing because I they wanted to spread out Tanev, Uyghur, and Anderson. I think they wanted them all three different pairs. They tried, they started Zadorov with Uyghur. It didn't go well. When you're asking that player to play that many minutes, unfortunately, he cannot play it. He's not that good of a player where he can play 20 minutes tonight and he can play as well as he can be. He's a little bit of an adventure. We know that. We know he's a very sporadic, chaotic kind of player that, like I said, the minute he's asked to play 19, 20 minutes a night, he can't keep up with that competition, which is why I think he thrives so well in Calgary in that third pairing role where they had two very good pairs in front of them. And it's like, hey, go out, play against third and fourth lines, just hit some guys and just don't do anything stupid. And that's really what he did for, you know, better part of two years. And I think that's why people thought maybe he'd go for more. Obviously, he throws the occasional huge hit every now and then. Um, But really, he was a commodity that at this point the Flames didn't need. They didn't need a guy in their third pair making almost four million bucks. So the fact that they were able to move that contract, not have to retain, and you're going to be able to use those retaining slots for Lindholm, Hannafin, and Tanev, to me is a pretty big win just in that itself. Sure. Do we want it? Did we want the uh, return to be more? Yeah. I thought they could have at least gotten a second round pick out of Zadorov. By the end of the day, it is what it is. They were they were able to create that cast base. They're going to be able to use it on Ilya Soloviev, who they just called up, uh, Coronado at some point in the near future. And we haven't even talked about the fact that Oliver Shillington has started practicing with the team now. So that's two point. Four million that they have to put back on the books if and when Shillington's ready to go. Um, so at the end of the day, like I said, I wish the return was more. I think we all do. But he's a third pairing defenseman. If I the Leafs you, had traded, like I think know, you wish the return was more because he left Toronto being like, oh shit, this is gonna be a first and more. Well, you because you just look at his Ben Sherratt, right? I think that's what everybody looked at it as. As Ben Schrott went for or, first, like I mean, I, I, I did it. You did. <laughs> yeah, you or did. like a I Gavrikov. Type. Well, I'm not. Well, yeah, but but Gavrikov went with Corpusalo. He went with Corpusalo. So it, I mean, like that, that type of there. return and then look at. The I'd also say got. I'd also say Gavrikov is better than Corpusalo. Gavrikov is a better, better player, than, but better it's still than Zadorov. Sorry, not Corpusalo. Um, the big, but. I think you also have to look at it as the Flames didn't really have any leverage in this situation. The Because of the way he requested the trade, because of the way the agent leaked it, there was absolutely no leverage from the Flames side. Everybody knew he wanted out. There was very little leverage for the Flames to go, okay, we want this. And teams would be like, no, the player doesn't want to be there. Like, like this isn't a Matthew Kachuk ask player where the league know he wants out, but you're still getting a haul. This is Nikita Zadorov, third-pairing defenseman, making almost $4 million bucks. I yeah, think and every other team needed the Flames to retain. The Canucks obviously... Funny, the, Canucks like, moved, the Canucks moved Beauvillier earlier that week to make room for Zadorov. Right? Yeah, but like the Canucks? Because you talked about like all the teams that we knew Calgary didn't want to trade with. 
and it was like the Leafs were up there. They don't want to make a trade with the Leafs for some reason. Like because okay, for the two game, <laughs> Tree Living's not even I, our. I GM. wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't whatever. want to trade with him either. I'd be like, no, fuck you. Like, I would rather trade way. with Tree Living than with the Canucks. Who are in your division and also good, yeah, but, and but you it's might like Z- be playing for a wild card spot with them. Uh, they're not making it, but like it's Zadorov. Like this it is, like, they're, not, the... they're not. They're not. I'd be maybe a little more upset if it's Lindholm going there, and like maybe they resign him, and it's like, oh shit! Like the other day, it's fucking Zadorov. Like if they end up signing him, all oh, it's another Tyler Myers. Like who cares? You know. And I I wrote about this on the win column. It's like if they. Like, because there was a rumor going around that they didn't want to trade with a division. And I was like, that's so fucking stupid. Like, what are we doing here? Like, if you guys are planning on tanking, trading within division, you got to play more games against that team. Does it not just help your cause? Like, it, does, it, was, yeah. it was stupid to begin with. I can understand them being worried about trading to the Leafs. I understand it. It's tree loving. You don't want to help that guy out. I get it. Unless you're fleecing the shit out of him, which, hey, maybe you should be calling him. Because no, Gio is Russo, maybe be Gio's out for a few weeks. <laughs> the way you're talking, Russo, about like Conroy going to other teams for this type of price. Oh, it's not gonna happen. He's never gonna get that price no. ever in his first no. year as a GM in the NHL. Like he's just never gonna do that. So no, it's been two very I guess whelming trades that he's yeah. made with Tafoli and Tafoli and uh Zadarov. Two very whelming trades. I wouldn't say underwhelming. Because you look at the market and they both went for pretty much exactly what the market was telling them they would go for. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, like I said, I don't hate it. I'm happy that they were able to get all the money off the books and not have to retain any of it. Like I said, for a Lindholm and Tanev or a Hannafin. Um, but we'll see. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, you said a whole lot. <laughs> so, uh, like, yeah, I, I said what I meant. Like, I find it it was a little weird that they did trade with Vancouver, and then Toronto was the like, we will never do this in our, in our entire life. Um, the Canucks have a massive D pairing back there. Mm-hmm. Him and mine may not be good. It, but it's big. <laughs> There was the there was a clip of Jack Hughes. He was going into he the corners on, on Myers, <laughs> backed off, mm-hmm. anticipating the turnover, and immediately passed it to like Brat for a goal. Like <laughs> it's not very good, but like at least they're big, right? <laughs> so I mean, Russo, you said everything there is to say. So well, Thomas, oh uh, yeah, I just thought the third and like twenty. 20- 37 was ridiculous but it like, was it was like a third <laughs> you couldn't get a third like next year this year like it's just like the guy i know the guy wanted oh you forced your hand but at the same time it's like dude man like you got to get something for the next year because if you do plan on taking which russo you seem to think they are which i don't think they're going to ever do but which would be so stupid if you get a pick play. next year this year if you're tanking right but that yeah. doesn't really make sense if it's in 2020 i mean the fifth is this year yeah yeah, That's and I don't true. even think that third will probably be on that roster by the time that draft ends up. Oh God, um, yeah. Oh my so. God. That, and Zadorov got a pick... point in his first game back in Calgary. Scored. So. He scored the game-winning goal. Was it a goal? Did they count it as a yeah, goal? Yeah, no. They. Get, I'm pretty sure they gave it to him as the goal. It looked like it hit Pedersen, but 
I said it before the game started. I'm like, it's going to be really funny when Zadarov like scores here. And then of course, like the flames are pressing and he shoots at the empty net and it goes in. Like, <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, we'll see what happens in the next few weeks here. Uh, quick other couple piece of news. Markstrom's out week to week, fractured finger. Apparently he fractured it during practice. Um, you're a goalie. How the fuck does that happen? He took he took a shot off the inside of his blocker hand, so I guess he like opened his hand up where it was like not exposed and uh, hit his finger and uh, he fractured his finger. So he's out week to week. He doesn't need surgery. So the Brian Huska seemed very optimistic that it'll be like a week, maybe a little bit more. This opens the door for Dustin Wolf. Please start him. I don't care about Dan Vladar. Start Wolf, please. Enough is enough. He needs NHL games. He's here now. Vladar looked like shit the other night. He hasn't been good all year. Um, just give Wolf games. Enough is enough. Play him for the majority of this stretch with Mark out. See what you have in him. And if you lose, you lose. You're not winning with Vladar in that. If you lose a couple games where, where Wolf's in the net, give him that NHL minutes that he needs. Um, he needs to play, so let's get Wolfie in some games. And uh, I just wanted to quickly mention, I touched on it very uh, quickly, Oliver Shillington back practicing with the team, which is, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I, I I thought we'd never see him play hockey again. You know, like he doesn't show up last year, and it's like, oh, it seemed weird, and then he didn't play at all. And then the Flames announced, like, I think it was after they fired Sutter, like, oh, yeah, Shillington's coming back. And then everyone went, oh, he's coming. That's great. And then training camp rolls around. He's there, fails his physical. The Flames said he's going to go on IR or LTIR or whatever it is. And then we didn't really hear about him for three months. And then all of a sudden, Friday morning, last Friday morning, he just shows up. And it's like, oh, yeah, here's Shillington. He's practicing with the team. To me, if he plays one game, I'll consider it a success. We'll see where it goes. He was on the ice yesterday with Jacob Pelche and Kevin Rooney, the two other guys that are injured. Uh, Pelche looks like he's come closer to a return, which is nice as well. But to me, just it's it's crazy. It's like, and it seems pretty coincidental that literally the day after they trade Zadorov, Shellington shows up. It's they have nothing to do with one another. Saw people like saying, "Oh, maybe Zadorov was issued." No, no, no. It just very randomly. They trade Zadorov the next day, Shellington's there. Like, seemed very odd, but uh, I'm just, I was happy to see him on the ice. So, hopefully, in a few, I don't know if it'll be this month, maybe January, February, they get him back in. I imagine when he is ready to go, they'll have to set him for a conditioning stint. He hasn't played a game since May 2022. So, we'll see. Uh, I know I spent a little more time there on Shellington, but I was just really happy to see him. So, um, let's move on to Leafland, shall we? No, what are you talking about? Leafland? We're taking a trip to Robida Island. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is the best island in sports where you can get away with anything. And we have a new member of that club. It is John Klingberg. Um, I'll let you go first, Tom, on this subject. I don't know what you think about it, but um, disaster would be the word. Would you start with that word? Is Would that be a proper word to start off with this John Klingberg guy? I'm going to say no. Because it's not a disaster. Uh, it, it's Robidaw Island. It doesn't matter. 
you were the Toronto Maple Leafs. You don't care about four point one whatever it was million dollars, four point five. Who cares? It's simultaneously unfortunate that this happened to Klingberg, and it's not like he's trying to play. Mm-hmm. This isn't a they purposely sent him away. He's gone. He's trying to play. He wanted to play in Sweden, was unable to. Again, I go back to the management. Did you know this was like a possibility? <laughs> Clearly. Like they had to have known. Right? Yeah. Like Ray Levin's played, what, been after this player games. for years too. Yeah. Like, like I said it with Reeves, like he I'm pretty sure last summer he tried he tried to sign Klingberg last summer. Like before he signed in Anaheim. I'm pretty sure he tried to sign him and it just didn't happen. So he has his guys. We talked about this last episode. Like with Reeves. Brad has his guys. <laughs> like it's not they're not good. <laughs> um it leaves a glaring hole on the Leafs defense. But hey, they now have fourteen point five million dollars in LTI air cap space to use up. Ridiculous. Which is a shitload of money. But again, don't like they I have don't... fourteen. It's fourteen point five, yeah. Oh, Muzzin, oh. Murray, and Klingberg. Yeah, who is like literally a scout or whatever with the team. Um, One of those, I wish it didn't happen to Klingberg. Because obviously, like, he could have got the bag in Dallas. He could be on year three of an eight-year contract, paying him $64 whatever. He has his money. I don't think, like, money is the thing here. I think he wants health and to be able to play. And that's just not going to happen. Like, he's probably done uh, for his entire career. Remember when he turned down a seven by seven in Dallas? Exactly. To go to Anaheim, and then now we kind of know, like, why it was the one year. Anaheim probably knew, and then now the Leafs probably knew, and they still signed him. It's there was other options. Look at like it's Matt Dumba was the other one, right? Uh, and he went to Arizona. Yeah, I think. It's the options and the planning of the management group that has gone so poorly. And the situation that the Leafs are in now is kind of because of the poor planning. Like when Dubas brought in Matt Murray, it was okay, we know what's here. If Matt Murray gets hurt and goes on LTR, we have Joseph Wolf. We don't care about the money. If he can play and be happy and healthy this is the situation for him if it's a success it's a success and it was for a little bit it went well now he's on LTIR money's off the books don't care but Samsonoff and Wool are here there was a plan around that Klingberg goes down and we're like oh fuck we might have to go play a first for Nikita Zadorov look at this they don't get him because Calgary doesn't want to trade with us for some reason uh and now they're stuck like who who are they gonna get who's they gonna go get Tanev? I think Tanev's gonna be a leaf next week or like the trade deadline. Like when's no, this I, so Elliot Friedman reported the Flames were taking one more run at trying to sign Tanev. Why? I don't know. Seems ridiculous, but they're they're taking one more run at signing him. So I think Tanev will be closer to the deadline, even though it would be really dumb because the guy's a fucking band aid. 
he can literally get injured at any time, which would worry me. But which that's is bad for a guy who kind of physical. He's tough and will block he a just, shot with his face. Yeah, yeah, just blocks a shot with his teeth. So, again, like I don't have any faith in this team. And it's not even like the on-ice product that we haven't gotten to yet has been good. Like, the, what are we, like, last in the league in regulation wins? I think that's kind of bad, if I'm being honest here. Like, San Jose's overtaking us, guys. So, I don't know. Thomas, like, what do you think with the Klingberg situation? Like, where do we go from here now? And we can't hear you. That's a really good question. Um, (laughs) gotta love the uh, mute button. It's problematic because now you all your well, not all, but some of the defensemen you've brought in are now injured and uh, you can't really rely on them because they're injured. But I want to go back to the summer for a second here. And Russo, you posed the I listened to this back, I think, yesterday. You posed the question to me, do you like the John Klingberg signing? And I was very hesitant to answer yes. Even though in my head, I was like, you know what? I don't mind it. I, I think it's all right. Then I, on my way to explaining why it could go disastrous. And I was like, this could go really bad. We could forget that John Klegberg was ever a leaf. And it got to that point. Like, it's so crazy how that is where we're at with John Klingberg. Um, and let's like, I know people online are like saying like, oh, like it's a low risk. How was 4.1 million a low yeah, risk? Yeah, no. And like, this was this was before we knew about the injuries. Yeah, no one knew about this shit in the summer. No, something tells me the Leafs didn't even know about this. Probably not. Something tells yeah, me like, like True Living a... didn't even do his due diligence. I have a feeling they didn't know. Well, because his whole career he's been relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. Maybe does that explain why his game has fallen off a cliff? Maybe, probably, but probably he was never. But the thing he was never good defensively. He was never good defensively. No, even with like, his best years. He, he came to Toronto atrocious. from Anaheim and got worse. Min- Minnesota. But yeah. yeah. Or, well, Anaheim really okay. Yeah. He played 10 games yeah. with Minnesota. Because like, the whole argument was all oh, Klingberg was bad because Anaheim was bad. No. Anaheim was bad, but Klingberg was also bad. And it, it wasn't because of the team. Yeah. Like he wasn't even he wasn't good in Minnesota either. He was kind of an adventurer. It's like they did in the summer what I didn't like what the Oilers did with the Leafs, and they saw Cody Cece and Tyson Berry as a defense pairing absolutely suck in Toronto and said, we need to have this. Mm-hmm. They did that with John Klingberg and Simon Benoit and went, that's yeah. our that's our D pairing. Yeah, we're going to win a cup with that. And like to Benoit's credit, like he's been good, I, I guess. I don't Benoit know. Benoit also wasn't brought in to play with Klingberg. He was there to be their number six. And not play every night like he is. Yeah, not now. play every yeah, night. Yeah, it's like the same with Lagason. And who's the other guy they got playing right now? Oh, Connor Timmons. Connor Timmons, who's like, fine. yeah, you've been fine. Like, you're all, you have three bottom pair defensemen, which, like, I don't know, should probably only play 60 games a season type thing, but like, you've been it's fine. Right. The problem is one of them or two of them are in your top four. Yeah. Hey, who is it? Lagason right now? He's poor. Yeah, I think it's Lagason playing with McCabe. Who, like, I've genuinely never heard of before he was signed by the Leafs. I just remember him being in Edmonton. That's all I remember about William <laughs> Lagason. He was an Edmonton Oiler at some point. 
It does it's not like Maxi Lajoie, isn't he like on the Marlies? He is on the Marlies. You guys remember that yeah, guy yeah. being in Ottawa? Like, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, and it's like from, I mean, like the there's depth on D, and like that's something the Leafs have kind of had the last couple of years. Is it's not good depth though. It's probably it's being tested. Not good depth, but if Cody CC or Victor Mete was your seventh and eighth guy, I think you're fine. Like last year, Timothy Lilligren was the eighth guy or ninth guy. That was fine. This year, it's coming to a head of, oh, shit. All of the guys above have got hurt, because now Giordano's out. Mm. Uh, Klingberg's done. Anything else happens, you're and like totally screwed. A few months away. Yeah, like, you can't panic and make a trade. But you have to, because you've put yourself in this situation. Yeah. I agree. It, it, the Klingberg situation went disastrously. We'll never remember him as a Leaf. Like it's just crazy how that whole scenario played out like this. Um, and I said in the summer they need a puck moving defenseman that can help them in the playoffs. I looked at their scores in the playoffs last two years. When things get grim and tight, they can't score. And I know everyone wants a defensive defenseman on this team. I do as well, but you're going to need to acquire two defensemen by the trade deadline this year. An offensive puck-moving defenseman that can play a little defense and then a really good defensive-minded defenseman. And that's what they probably need to do going into this trade line this year. I don't know who that would be. My my personal opinion, I would pay the price of Noah Hannafin an, an extension for him. That's just me, but I, I don't know how you guys would feel. I was just gonna say I can think of two defensemen that fit that bill: Noah Hannafin and Chris. <laughs> It'd be a big yeah, price like, to pay, though. But yeah, but my I think the thing with Hannafin is I think he he told the Flames in the summer if he's not signing Calgary, he wants to play in the states, hmm. which is he, fair. Yeah, like I think I don't know. Everyone keeps throwing Arizona out there. Uh, Buffalo, I think, made a run at him. Florida made the most sense to me in the offseason. Hmm. Just because, like, the Chuck Bennett connection is over there. Where's he from, Boston? He's a Boston guy, I think. Yeah. Well, he played at Boston. Mm -hmm. He played at BC. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's from Massachusetts because every time they go and play Boston, it's like, oh, homecoming game for Noah Hanfin that I've had here for the last six years. It's like, that is the kind of guy... I'd target because, like, in the last couple of years, it's been like, oh, I don't know, Jake McCabe. Is this guy the guy that's going to turn around? Like, a Chris Tanev, is this the guy? And they're all like, they're all kind of mediocre, yeah, for what this and team needs. Tan- like, Tanev to me is kind of exactly what they need. He's the best, is, arguably the best offensive defenseman in the NHL. He's that good on the D side. How much up there? TJ Brody was one. Where it's like, okay, you bring him in, but like, like it doesn't move the needle. No, they still need someone that can move the puck. Yep, but they also need someone like who's their first line PK defenseman? Is it Riley and Brody? Is it Geo? Like, who is it? Who do they send out there? There's been so much turnover that I don't know. Like, like I don't like, know because Riley is such a mess defensively. Like, if they you're in the, the playoffs. Did they yeah, do Brody McCabe? But, but, Riley, like, but Riley, it's like, you don't want him out there defending a lead. Like two, like a minute and a half no. left in the game, net's empty. Like Morgan Riley's not the guy you want out there. You want a Chris Tanev. Whether you they're going to trade with the Leafs or not, but... Tanev makes so much sense. 
he made it, to me the most sense for Vancouver, but obviously they. It needs to, to be with. more. Like there needs to be a game breaker, and I don't think on both ends of the ice, and I don't think Chris Tanev. But there, there isn't one available though. Like who's I know that's the problem. Breaker? There isn't like, who's yeah, available. Like, like are you talking Kale McCarr? Like there isn't a game. I don't think like who's the UFA defenseman this year. I can only think of like Hannafin and Tanev and Zadarov. There isn't really a guy out there that's going to be someone who's going to be able to be come in play on your first pair, be. Someone that's Eric gross Carlson offense. wouldn't have worked on this team, but like the idea to go do that was there. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, but but again, but Carlson is like a Klingberg where he sure he's phenomenal offensively, but he he's like he doesn't help them defensively because their their problem is on the defensive side. And no, and we've again, tried yes. defenseman after defenseman after defenseman, and nothing's helped them. Nothing's helped. But them. like they really haven't brought in like a stout defensive guy. They've never really Jake done McCabe, that. TJ Brody, like Brody was no. the closest thing to him. Brody's been fine. McCabe, eh. he's. Been I was skeptical right. when they brought him in. Like I where he was playing liked a, in Chicago, and I would have liked a Gavrikov. <clears throat> Or something, or a charade, or something like that. But like, it doesn't exist. They won't do it, and even if they do come in, they won't be the same player because it's the Leafs. So, like, and it will turn back to what he was his last couple years in Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> I remember like, when they signed him. I was so upset. <laughs> I was so mad when they signed. Him. It's just game so, after, after so game, good. and like you're in this situation because you misman it. Like if, okay. Theoretically, Matt Dumb is signed for what? 3.5? Whatever. 3.9. 3.9. Basically, Less than basically Klingberg. Minus Klingberg. You now have 600 grand more in cap space. And he's more defensively minded. And he's going to play the entire season. And now you can go spend those assets to go get a real 3C instead of Max Domi, who now has one goal. And you can go get Elias Lindholm. 600K doesn't really move the needle. Like the whole big thing is why are you spending to the cap every summer? Instead of leaving yourself like, and it's with every team. It's not just Toronto. It's like every team does this, and I find it to be so goddamn stupid. Every Why team's over the cap because the cap? the cap hasn't gone up. Well, but like, okay, but you know that. Why are you going out and signing random dude for two million when you're like, leave yourself a little bit of room that way. When you know deadline comes around, you don't have to finagle and. Say, oh, I need you to retain, but then I need to go, to go through a second team. I need them to retain. Like, like, and again, it's not just Leafs. It's every team. It's Tampa. It's Boston. It's Calgary. It's, a perfect it's example. Of this. Started with eleven, did, or um, whatever. You down know what a I mean. skater to start. Like, yeah, everybody. like, like, in, like instead of spending on the cap, oh, we have, we have to, have to, have to, have to, have to, have to be rate right the cap. Like, and then the deadline were fucked. Like, it's stupid to me, but. That, again, that's a conversation for another day, but that's every team. It's also um, how the cap works. You want to be as close to it to accrue more deadline space and whatever, whatever, whatever. So Yeah, but instead of accruing more space, you could just already have the space. <laughs> it's kind of, but whatever. Uh, do you guys want to quickly touch on how they can't win in regulation? Because hmm. they're not going to be defensive that can score goals. Well, well, Joe is always mentioning, he's like, man, these guys are shootout and OT merchants. Well, I think the last three games have been shootout, shootout, OT. And they almost I got to so. shootout on Saturday. 
And then the and then the game against Calgary, I remember went to a shootout. Yeah. Yeah. So like, is this an issue of they can't hold a lead? Is this an issue of them not starting on time? Or is it just that for whatever reason they're not as great as a five on five team as we thought they were? Uh, can I answer this one did? first, Tom? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because years ago, it, the, the Leafs team was, they'd blow the lead, then they go to overtime. Now it's <laughs> like they don't they're have the lead down. and they get to overtime because they're coming back. Like it's like, would you rather that or the blow the lead scenario? Like I, I think I'd rather, I'd rather this. blow the lead. Really? No. It's easier hockey to play. Think about how hard it is to come back. When they've done and it. how much more energy you have to spend coming back in games. To me, though, it shows like if you're blowing leads, like that doesn't translate well. No, right to playoff hockey. Like at the very least, like okay, like it, it, either scenario is bad because one, you're either not starting on time and you're putting yourself way behind the eight ball, or two, you're you're getting up and then you're just stopping. You're not playing. Either scenario sucks, and you shouldn't want to be in either. But I'm kind of with Thomas, where it's like, yeah, like. They're not blowing leads. I mean, they blew a 4-1 lead to Calgary, but they still won. But like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's but kind of what it doesn't. Again, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. They both suck ass. Like, again, like, I don't have faith in this team. Even in the Max Boston overtime, like, a Jake McKay was out there, made a change with 19 seconds left, and William Nylander and John Tavares were on for like two and a half minutes. Yeah, so William and, Nylander is worth uh, nine million again, guys. Right? Am I wrong? Or... Yeah, like give him a little bit of criticism, bring that number back down, bring him back to earth. It was never up, in my opinion. But no, he went on a heater. But he can ask for it. it like Jack Campbell, he'll play himself out of the contract, and then Edmonton will go sign him. So I don't know, Thomas. Where? What do you see from this team? Oh, I saw faith. I'm, I'm still. Fine. You have faith. Yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you? Okay. It doesn't remind me of 1920, like we said multiple times. It doesn't remind me of that. It's just like a few bad games, you're getting into regulation, you're still getting a point. It's not like they're losing all these games in regulation and not getting the point. Like, at least they're getting there, getting a point, scoring some goals. I mean, depth's been a little better, but no, like, I think they'll make the playoffs. Honestly, guys, a little bit of a hot take here. I was looking at the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Eastern Conference, at least. I think it might be set, like not position wise for every team, but majority of the teams that are in right now, I think they'll make it. And I don't think other teams will, because I've watched a couple of Pittsburgh games. Man, they look bad. And I don't know how Dubas has been, has not been knocking on uh, Trey Living's door recently for a player on our team. Like, I'm just really shocked about how that team is playing right now. Man, okay, the Devils. Are probably gonna squeeze in. Yes, yeah, they will be the only team that would, I would take say. out the Flyers. You say yeah. probably. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think that's it. That's it. I think really. I'm with you. Like, is Detroit keeping up their pace? Oh, they have 30 I think they'll keep it up. Yeah, Detroit's up there enough. Games played is still a little bit lower. Like, yeah, New Jersey has to go on a healthy heater to get in. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm gonna. See it no. again. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa doesn't make it. Or it... Ottawa has. I'm not saying they're getting in. They have seven. They have seven games in hand against the Lightning, who are in the first wild card spot. <laughs> the Lightning are seven. not in an envious position. Seven. Jesus, they're not going to make it. That's ridiculous. Seven games. 
Fuck me. Yeah. While we're here, final thing. The Edmonton Oilers. Oh, they're back. We'll get to them. They currently sit fourth last in the West with 21 points. The Blues are in the second wildcard with 27. In order to make a divisional spot, they need to beat out the Canucks with 33 points. It's still early. They're getting into a wildcard. Yeah. Yeah, McDavid, McDavid's back. What is he have? He has 19 points in the last seven games. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The, the, the fun is over, guys. <laughs> what? McDavid's back. For you, maybe. Man, it was it was great seeing the Oilers just suck for like a <laughs> month. It was great. I loved it. And then McDavid was like, McDavid was like on pace to smash Huberto's record of biggest point drop in the NHL. And uh and now he's fucking he's just, dude, he's winning, he's winning the art Ross. I hope you guys know this. Yeah, he is. He's winning the art Ross. This, Nothing this changed with the Oilers team. McDavid just got healthy. McDavid that's just it. got his head out of his ass. Yeah, like that's it. And and Zach Hyman's or whatever he is in still scoring goals. Scored a hat trick and was so surprised at how good Connor McDavid was. Do you see that goal? Unreal. Yeah, it was gross. Well, that is going to do it for this one. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Burning Leaf Pod, and we will see you guys in the next one.